So hello everyone, welcome to the late night um, with Global MCVP. So today we will have um, MCVP IGV um, 1920 from um, ISA Malaysia, Amanda with us. So hello Amanda, do you want to um, introduce yourself a bit? Yeah, sure. Um, hi everyone, uh, I'm Amanda, MCVP IGV 1920 of ISA in Malaysia. So yeah, I it's my honor to be invited to to this podcast today. Yeah, thank you for um accepting our invitation. Um, um, do you want to share a little bit more about your asset journey? So um, how um how did it started and like um what's like your process? Like what role you have taken before? Mm, okay, cool. So I started my Isaac journey in twenty seventeen. April, but at that point of time, I wasn't an ISACer yet. I was just part of the uh, organizing committee of one of the IGV projects. So after the project itself, I really find a lot of impacts on, on me, myself, as a personal development. So I decided to uh, apply to be an ISACer, and then I continue to apply to be LCVPs, Entity Support Team, and MCVPs uh, uh, after that. So currently, I'm returning as uh, MCVP again in the term 2021 but in a different position mm -hmm. so it has been like um three years and it's gonna continue so how, how do you find like i said relevance to your personal aspiration or um in a personal perspective yeah so i think uh it relates back a lot to the things that i studied so personally i i major in economic so in economic itself uh the things that is uh a lot more on the on the courses itself is a lot on um, economic development, human development, society development, and etc. So that is where I actually find relevance in the things that I do in IGV, where uh, all the projects that we are running, contributing to sustainable development goals, are actually something that is helping us to develop uh, human capacity more, and something that can develop the society, and eventually it will be something that can contributes to the economic development of the country itself. So with that, I think uh, my personal connections is so strong on that area because personally, I am someone who is uh, passionate on uh, social issues. And because of that, I find myself contributing in a positive way on my own personal uh, personal strengths. And also from that onwards, I can contribute to spreading uh, more positivities to the people around me to join me together in the movement itself. So you only have been in IGV for um, your whole ISAT journey or have you been to other functions as well? Yeah, I have been in IGV in my whole whole, whole ISAT journey since I started um, ISAC as an organizing committee. And I have never thought about uh, going into another department uh, back then because uh, the, the relevancy to me in IGV is very mm -hmm. sharp and I enjoy the process of uh, running a project and I enjoy the process of being with uh, exchange participants or volunteers from uh, other countries because i think through the time that i spend with them i actually see how they are growing as a person within a very short period of time and even after they end their journey i see how we can still keep in touch with each each other knowing that i have a friend from another country i think that is something that really sparks me a lot that is why um i have always been in igv because that is something that i enjoy doing mm -hmm. um so i do 
see that you have like you have a lot of passion in IGV. But before we go deep into like IGV's function, just want to get to know a little bit more about um, what was your biggest learning when you are in LC, uh, having your LCVP journey. I think uh, personally, my LCVP journey was not a journey that was very easy because I gone through the process of uh, team conflicts a lot in the beginning of my term and also uh, uh, my EB teams leaving and etc. But I think uh, because of all these incidents that happens, it actually shapes me to be more compassionate towards the people around me because uh, through those incidents, I realized that uh, maybe different person, they have different perspective or a different way of seeing things. And uh, from that, I learned how to actually respect the decisions of uh, other person and also learning what is the things that matters to me most as me personally. And as long as I do my best uh, in, in my position or in my role itself, I can make uh, even huge contributions towards the people around me. So I think the most, uh, the most biggest learnings that I actually learned throughout my LCVP journey would be learning how to uh, lead as a leader towards my members and learning how to actually understand the differences of people and know how to uh, shape myself a, li a little bit more agile towards the differences of the team dynamic itself. Mm -hmm. So um, what makes you going to MC or like what's the dif biggest difference do you think um, it's um, um, being an LCVP and being an MCVP? Hmm. I think the difference is very, very huge because uh, definitely being an LCVP, the, the scope of area that I am focusing would just be very, very small. For example, uh, I would just need to put more attention towards uh, the members that I'm lead leading or the projects that I'm managing. But when it comes to MCVP, the, the stakeholders that I am managing are getting even more larger because now instead of having only two team leaders, I have uh, 19 LCVPs. And under those LCVPs, I have an even larger amount of people under underneath them. So when my stakeholders getting more and more or getting uh, larger, the responsibilities that I carry uh, in MC level itself is even more wider because I no longer are only responsible for the people that I work very closely with, but I am also indirectly responsible for what, whichever stakeholders that those people under my lead will be impacting on. So I think uh, that that would also be one of the things that triggered triggered me in the beginning of why I wanted to apply for MCVP because before I apply for MCV, I go through the journey of uh, being an entity support team to really understand uh, how does an MC actually work in a national level. Then from there, I realized that there's actually a lot more things that I can learn uh, in Isaac journey as, uh, itself. And I didn't want to only just stop my learning in LC level because uh, I really value whatever things that I have learned in, in this organization. So that is, that is the reason why um, I decided to uh, apply for these positions. And I, I choose to put myself in a more challenging environment to learn things in a different way rather than going through the normal processes where after graduations, people would just go out and find a, a nine to five job. And probably that would be something that I'm not, uh, I'm not really passionate in doing. So I use this experience to really uh, look into what are the things that I'm passionate about as well so that I can figure out myself on what are the future directions that I want to head to or what are the things that I really, really love to do that I wouldn't uh, mind spending more of my time in doing. Do you find it very tough for you to actually go into a pathway like 
very different from your friends or peers, like um, getting a normal job. Do you think it's very difficult for you to have this decision? Um, in the beginning itself, it, it's a little bit challenging because apart from choosing a path that is very different from my friends, I, I also feel a certain um, responsibilities towards the family itself because uh, you know, like a normal Asian parents, they will ask you to secure a job right after you graduate, uh, get a proper uh, career path so that you can, uh, yes, you can yes. you know, take care of yourself and, you know, make yourself a living. But I think uh, one, one of the things that I'm really grateful is because even my parents uh, themselves, they don't really put those kind of pressures on me. So they would be more on giving me the space to really explore the things that I want to do on myself. So I think uh, in that area, uh, I am more relieved because I don't get those kind of uh, pressure from my family. But of course, when I see my friends are actually having uh, internships out there or my friends are actually securing a, a more proper job with a higher pay, sometimes I will feel like, uh, uh, what, what would happen if I were to go on that path, right? But um, after going through this journey for around one year, I don't find myself regretting of uh, being in this position of choosing a different path because uh, of course it's, I'm gonna say it's it's not easy, but definitely I learned a lot that uh, it doesn't really matter in terms of how much am I being paid or uh, whether do I get any other pressures from the people around me, as long as I enjoy the things that I do. Mm. I definitely echo a lot with you because um, I, I do feel the pressure when I see my friends are doing like internship and getting a, or not like internship, a proper job and they have much higher salary. I, I think, and that's why I definitely echo with you. But then you are uh, like you apply for the second year of being MCVP. So it would be the second year for you after graduate, right? So what made you like really um wanting to um do MCV for two sessions? Like what is the main like trigger for you? I think uh definitely when I make that decisions of going for another MC term, it's not easy as well because looking at the current situations where things are getting more tougher, definitely the, the kind of challenges that I'll get will be even more uh, uh, unexpected as well. But I think um, a, a lot of things uh, resulting me in applying is because I really see myself enjoying the things that I do and I can find very strong relevance or strong purpose in the things I do as well. Probably uh, I can say how part of it is because it's related to the major that I'm studying and also I wanted to further explore more on what other things that I can do uh, around this area as well. So that is why uh, when I decided to continue in another year of MC experience, I choose to go for uh, area that I would want to explore more or I would want to continue learning more instead of going to a very different direction. But of course, it's going to be different for uh, different people. Some of them are uh, applying to be MC because uh, they want to explore something that is very different from their major. But in my case, it's more on because I see how much more I can do and how much more I can learn and explore. That is why I decided to continue to see uh, what other things can I get out of the, another one year of experience. So it, it's like you want to go deeper in this functional area and like in specific IGV because you find very much relevance to this function, right? Exactly. Yeah, cool. So um, you have been MCV for one year already, right? So what was the biggest challenge in this journey? Hmm. Um, yeah, so I think the biggest challenge would definitely uh, resulting around uh, the current COVID changes because uh, ever since uh, the COVID outbreak, we 
be before the COVID outbreak itself, we actually have all the things prepared and uh, have very clear directions for other things that we, we wanted to do. And we are preparing our uh, LCVPs or our members towards that directions as well. But when COVID outbreak in an unexpected way, and things started to change a lot. We also started do, to do a lot of change management in our in our operations as well. And that level of change management is something that we have never done in our entity or in these organizations before. And uh, the kind of change management that no one has ever done it before out, outside of either Malaysia that we don't have any reference that we can refer to. So with all these things that is happening, we are always challenging ourselves to see what kind of uh, impact can we still deliver or what kind of relevancy do we still carry as an organization towards our community especially uh, when like like i mentioned earlier we have so much of stakeholders that we are uh, taking care of how can we still position our organizations in in this area when things are changing and people are starting to to find the irrelevancy of why they still need to go on an exchange or why they still need to stay in the organizations that is not doing anything so I think that would be the things that is the most challenging, I would say, throughout this entire one year of period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think this has been like a very much challenge for the whole Isaac like community. So, but then have you been ever like challenged by your members or um, your teammates about um, like Isaac impact have been diminished this year because we don't cannot send exchange because of COVID? Or do you think so? Like, do you think Isaac impact um, have been decreased in this year? Um, yeah. So I think um, definitely there would be uh, LCVPs uh, who are actually challenging on the relevancy of why we are still doing what we are doing because sometimes it will feel like a certain SDGs that they are fighting for is not exactly relevant to what the communities are needing at the moment. But I think uh, when I come across one of the posts, it actually shows that. Uh, this COVID situation is not just impacting uh, the healthcare uh, area, but it's also impacting on how we are delivering education, how inequalities is being uh, out, out, uh, outshined, and et cetera, et cetera. And this kind of impact will be continuously uh, impacting the future generations of how things will be uh, in a different way. So I think um, as long as I, uh, we actually let the LCPPs or the members understand uh, where should they be actually positioning their projects, and from there, really doing a more thorough understanding on what exactly is the community facing now. Then from there, they can uh, do a little bit of adjustments on uh, the project activities itself. And that is exactly the kind of things that we are actually looking more on because uh, through that, we can really see how our projects are still staying more relevant towards the community. And I think also because of this, uh, we started to look more into uh, the business model of IGV itself in Isaiah Malaysia to ensure that uh, whatever projects, whatever SDGs that we are contributing in uh, Malaysia itself, it is not going to be something that uh, we are doing on the repetitions because of uh, what my predecessors have left to me or what two to three terms ago have left, left to me. But we really do more on the community research itself to ensure that uh, whatever things that we are doing now, is exactly what the community needs. And from time to time, we need to always revise on what is the needs of the community from uh, from a daily uh, or a yearly basis so that we know uh, whether our projects are still relevant in the community itself. So I think this is the kind of changes that we are making at this point of time to ensure that we still stay relevant and to ensure that we are still delivering whatever impacts that we have promised to deliver to our community. Because mm. mm -hmm. we... Um, we don't really have um, 
um, we have like incoming um, exchange on talent, uh, and we don't have like on MC level we don't have IGV. So I think um, we would really want to know more about like how do you think um, what is the exact relevance of ISA impact and the social problem in Malaysia? Like how do you think um, doing IGV can really impact the society in Malaysia? Because you have been um, saying like. Um, it's very relevant to the society, but then how in specific you think um, Isaac can um, tackle or like to create impact in the society problems? I think, um, yeah, definitely there is a lot of social issues in Malaysia that not a lot of people uh, actually know about it because it's not being reported on uh, the news or it's not being uh, really looking into by the government itself. But I, I understand that that's probably because uh, government themselves has very limited resources or very limited capacity to focus on a specific area. So that is why a lot of time, many, many different areas, they are not able to cover everything. And that is exactly where I actually personally see how Isaac is actually contributing to that area because whatever things that uh, it's matter to the society, but it's not able to be covered by the government, that is where we can actually come into picture to create a movement uh, to spread more awareness towards the community so we, we challenge the community to be part of the process of uh, doing something for their own community rather than waiting for governments to do something for them. So I think that is uh, one very unique way of how we actually uh, see IGV in, in either in Malaysia itself because we want to be the solutions towards problems instead of becoming, uh, you know, like the, the, the kind of uh, organizations that rely on resources or rely on external bodies in order for us to make things happen. Do you have any like specific um, example or like story to share how you see, okay, like for example, this project has been tackling like this issue. Like, what do you, um, any like concrete uh, story that you think um, really makes you feel like um, you are creating an impact in Malaysia? So uh, taking into the current context of uh, COVID situations, right? We, we started to identify there's actually a lot of um, inequalities of students being accessible to internet access or uh, online educations because they don't have all these resources. And this is exactly the area where governments are not able to support them more on because uh, they already have so much on, of things on their plates. So that is why uh, after this COVID outbreak, we started to look more into in our national project uh, that is contributing to educational uh, area, what are the things that we can still do to ensure that uh, the students that we are outreaching can have access to online education and they actually have access to all these devices for them to learn uh, learn to on online platform. So that is the changes that we are currently making to ensure that we are not just uh, delivering a project uh, to have volunteers to, to teach students, but we are also uh, running this project in a way to find resources for the community itself so i, I give a simple example is that um before covid outbreak the way of how we run an education project is that we plan we plan out the project uh workshops or the project content then we will bring in our volunteers and then they will be the one that is uh, doing the education physically to the students but when covid outbreaks we realize that uh maybe some of the students in rural areas they don't have access to devices they means that in in indirectly they are losing of all these opportunities that other people have access on and these are exactly the kind of people that we really really need to support them because the impact that is going to be 
uh, giving them in the future is going to be even more larger because when they cannot catch up with education, they might uh, position themselves in a lower society when they go into a workforce and etc. So that is why uh, something that we are doing more consciously now is to ensure that when we plan out an education uh, workshops or we, when we plan out an education content, we also look for resources from external partners to source for laptops or uh, internet uh, packages so that we can deliver all these things at once to those students to allow them to have that opportunity to uh, to learn together with us as well and at the same time this is exactly where we actually help more and more volunteers to start to start uh, identifying what kind of value or what kind of uh, things that they can actually do as an individual as a youth to contributing to more and more people out there that actually needed uh, our support or uh, needed the kind of thing that we are doing for the community itself so it's like um, other than having incoming volunteer, you guys as an entity, you also want to provide external help or resources for the projects or for the community, right? Yes, exactly. So mm -hmm. this is the kind of uh, learning that we get from social enterprise because uh, we started to realize a lot of social enterprise out there are actually uh, doing certain things to contribute back to the community. So that is where we, we want to reposition ourselves instead of only just running projects and uh, delivering something, having volunteers to learn. But we also want to uh, bring in more values to the things that we do, which is directly involving more and more external su support to help us uh, push these projects to happen. Because through that, uh, that is where we can actually see how much uh, more movement can we create in the community to help the community itself, rather than just relying on these organizations to do something uh, for for the people out there. Mm -hmm. But then, um, after all, like, why, um, what is the value that um, having an incoming volunteer, because um, you're still going to have EPs, right? So what are their value to the community if you already have, like, external resources um, to help with the social problem? So what is the, how do you position the value of the incoming EP? Mm. Uh, Definitely the values that uh, uh, incoming volunteers would bring uh, different kind of vibes or different kind of values to, to the project itself because uh, external, external resources or external support uh, in that project is only limited to uh, monetary support or uh, some uh, in-kind sponsorships that can help us to, to make something happen. But at the same time, the one who are actually running the project would still be our volunteers. And the reason why we still want to engage our international volunteers to be part of this uh, solution or part of the process is because no matter how, only when we bring in more perspective from different countries towards the towards the, the project in, in Malaysia itself, then people will start identifying what other things that uh, other countries are actually doing much more better that, uh, that we, can, we can learn from uh, them as well. And at the same time, we also want to give a, a chance or an opportunity for all these international volunteers to understand all this issue doesn't happen only in their own country, but it's happening in another country as well. So as a youth, let's say if we see all these things that is happening around the world, uh, how would we position ourselves and how would we actually um, start engaging ourselves to be more relevant towards uh, all these issues and start looking into what are the things that we can really start doing as an individual so that it can create a ripple effect towards the people around us to join the movement to uh, to help uh, create a change in that specific issues when they return back to their own home country or when they uh, finish an experience in, in, in this project itself. Mm -hmm.